Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the Edge Podcast. So, like with regards to this new mic that you're kind of thinking of getting, um, when, like, when do you think that you'll have that for? So, I'm gonna have it for sure by the next time we record. Um, I was walking around Best Buy and I saw a really nice one. It was the the blue Yeti. It's what a lot of people use for podcasts and for for different recordings. Just the audio quality, how easily you can adjust all the settings on it. You can adjust it all from the mic itself, instead yeah. of having to screw around with all the settings on the computer. The voices would be the exact same. It's it's a very high quality mic. Um, the thing about it is, I, the mic that I currently have, I have it mounted in a very interesting way inside of my ring light, so it works all right. But I've also been looking at an actual stand, and one of the one of the packages. So the mic itself is 140, but the stand is also 140. But you can get a mic and stand combo for 250. So I was in the store about to buy it, and then I thought, wait a second, why don't I check the Aeroplan store and see if there's any different promos going on so I can get extra points on it. Um, and then I thought about my really old credit card that has been getting me basically not zero points for forever it was my my very first credit card i saw a points card points back and thought oh my god this is magical without actually having a proper understanding of the of the value of different points and realizing how useless the card actually was sure um, it gives 0.5 points per dollar spent which is really bad that was but like I just my didn't first credit card too. Yeah, like literally. The yeah, same. dude. I just, I just had no idea. Uh, but so I just have been using it and using it and using it for whatever. Slowly, I think, just so I can keep it active because I want to keep that account open for basically ever. Because it was my first credit card, and I want that uh, that that length open on the account on my credit report. Like the history, yeah. Exactly. So I can actually have the credit history on it. So basically, all that that is there for. I just have my Spotify go onto that credit card each month. Just so I have something, and I just have it set to auto pay off, so there's no worries about it. Um, but from <laughs> this is the funny thing is from using that card for six, seven years, something like that. I had twenty four and a half thousand points on it, <laughs> even though on my uh, even even just for example my my BMO that I have now, I got a hundred thousand points the first year, and the points are worth a lot more. My um, one Amex, I've gotten 130,000 points in the first seven months. My Aeroplan Amex, I've gotten 150,000 Aeroplan points in the first seven months. So it's just, <laughs> the comparison makes you realize how bad of a card that old one was. But anyway, um, 24,000 points. And I was looking on that website because I thought I might as well use it for something. I found the mic, the package that was $250 um, for 33,000 points didn't quite have enough. So then I actually looked into a different section on the site and I realized that I can get a $100 Best Buy gift card for 10,000 points. So based on that, it was valuating that mic at about $325. When in reality, it's only 250 and you can use, instead of using 
33,000 points to get the actual mic. Um, what I'm what I've what I did just before this call was I got $250 worth of of gift cards for 24,000 points. And then I can go in and get the mic for essentially almost 9,000 points less. So it's even just even just all those little tricks and secrets behind even when you're redeeming the different points because obviously all the different points from different card companies have different powers and different purchasing power and different valuations based on what exactly you're you're purchasing. And there's so many different ways around it to make sure you're getting the most value out of what exactly you're, you're, you are purchasing. Because if I was just, if I, even if I had 33,000 points on this old account, um, I might have actually just bought the mic without actually looking up the value of those points or looking into the gift cards or all of the other options because it's not something that I would, that I just had initially thought of. So it's, I don't know. It's one of those things that it's worth doing so much research into before you buy anything like that. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> very long-winded answer, but I, I loved it. <laughs> um, so, like, for anyone who like potentially doesn't know what the Aeroplan Store is, do you want to explain what that is and like how you get access to it? Absolutely. So, whenever you sign up for an Aeroplan account, Aeroplan is one of the main partners of Air Canada. Whenever you sign up for an Aeroplan or an Air an Air Canada account, you end up essentially, you're essentially signing up for an Aeroplan account. And whenever you fly or you you say you shop at Starbucks and use your Aeroplan card or home hardware, or there's a couple other online partners, you can get points for the Aeroplan store, or your, sorry, Aeroplan points that you can use on the Aeroplan e-store. Um, another way that you can get points through different co-branded credit cards um, from flying. There's a lot of different ways that you can get points. There's way more to list right now or yeah. way more than I should or can really list right now um, but what it does is it gives you access to a store that acts as a portal that I think a couple weeks ago they had a point promotion for Apple so if I would just to say I had a co-branded credit card that gets me one point per dollar spent through the airplane store or even if I didn't have a co-branded credit card um, I go and buy a set of airpods 250 bucks with i if i even if i have a cool branded credit card that's only 250 airplane points on the other hand if i go to through the airplane store when that was happening it was an additional five times the point or an additional five points per dollar yeah yeah so then i would have essentially gotten what twelve thousand five hundred points 1250 but yeah or yeah, sorry, 1,250, <laughs> there we go. And I'm the one with a math degree, awesome. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Which, even, so it's it's a little store that you can use to just build up points and basically travel and do different things for free. Like Even if you're flying, like looking at boat crew, like flights to get back from Vancouver for boat crews, you can get flights back for six to 7,000 points. So my AirPods just paid for a sixth of my flight back from from Vancouver after boat cruise, right? If I theoretically, if I would have just bought an AirPods, so it's if you're, it's one of those things. Like if you're going to be buying something anyway, you might as well get a reward for it or some sort of cashback or points or some sort of future travel value if you're going to be purchasing these different things. Yeah, seriously. Like I, I'm a part of the Aeroplane store too, obviously with my credit card. But um, any anytime I'm shopping online now, like instead of just going to the website, I will literally go to the Aeroplane store first, see if they have any extra points per dollar because even like even without promotions sometimes they have extra points per dollar just for whatever extra promotions mm -hmm. and stuff like i bought 
you know, some, some new ink cartridges for my printer. Very exciting stuff, by the way. And <laughs> <laughs> I need some right now, actually. Yeah. And I, and I went through airplane store through Amazon for it and I got extra three points per dollar spent instead of just going on to Amazon and buying it as normal. Still was going to purchase it. Still was going to purchase it through Amazon, but you know, by just like redirecting myself through that store, like instead of getting, you know, 200 points, now I'm getting 600, which is great. Um, same thing like for Boxing Day shopping, basically, instead of going to stores, I did it all online and I think I accumulated, like I, I spent like a decent amount of money, but I think I accumulated like three or 4,000 points that day because like every store was like, you know, five to eight points per dollar being spent, which mm-hmm. is sweet. So um, yeah, why not? Really cool little hack to get some extra points. And um, I know we were talking about potentially like, you know, flying somewhere and that we wanted to fly pretty much the entire way on points and that it was going to be like 60 or 70,000 points each way or something. So obviously that's a lot of saving, but saves a lot of money on flights, obviously for, for money that you're just actually going to spend anyway. Oh man, it's huge because we were looking at um, potentially Bali at the end of one of these years here, round trip flights to Bali are 150,000 points on one of my cards. I got that in seven months, just spending money on things I was already spending money on. Yeah, and like, how much is the flight if you were to pay for it in cash? Eighteen hundred bucks, nineteen hundred bucks, each way, right? Round trip. Oh, round trip. Okay, that's much better than I thought it was. Okay, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah like, it's a little over a, a cent a point, basically. Okay. Yeah, but again, like, just because, like, I'm, we're gonna spend that money anyways, right? Just doing it in a little bit smarter of a way, you're able to get eighteen hundred dollars worth of savings on flights. For, for spending the exact same money. Uh, one yeah. of the most frustrating things is like when I was still with Celeste, all she ever did was use debit cards. And I tried so hard for four years to switch her to credit cards. And so did Jordan. We were both like here, like this is the value of it. This is the power that they can bring. These are the extra points you can get. It's free money. Like it's actually way more secure of a transaction because if you ever need to refund something, it's actually protected and secured. That's part of like exactly. what you- Exactly, yeah. The, part the of, security, <laughs> the insurance is everything. Everything. And like- there's like I, I was every time I saw her pull out a debit card, I was like, I'm gonna cut that fucking card in half if you keep using it. Um, but obviously, like I wouldn't. But just didn't understand like the value of like what like a credit card could do and like the points that were associated and like how it was so much free money that was just sitting there, just being wasted. Yeah. Well, it can also be it can also come down to just a, a lack of knowledge on in the topic because. For so many people, so many people have grown up in environments and in families and in different situations where credit cards are looked at as the worst thing in the world because you can accumulate so much debt. I know that they they really were in my family growing up. Um, it was we used debit cards for everything to avoid accumulating debt, but just because you have a credit card with an eight thousand dollar limit or ten thousand or even a two thousand or one thousand dollar limit, it doesn't mean you have to spend it all. You just treat it like a debit card and you just pay it off afterwards. And on top of that, it also builds your credit. It helps you with your purchasing power later on, get better interest rates. Just have the active accounts in your name. So when you go to make a bigger purchase that you might not be thinking about now, you'll get better rates. You'll save a lot of money. You'll have access to different lenders. It's just, it's a no brainer. Yeah, I remember when, um, I think it was... I think it was my first year, actually. My mom came in and was a guest speaker at spring training, actually, which was really cool. Um, 
but she she was talking about mortgages she was talking about like finances with like her partner that was there um i Uh think his name is alex but so they were just talking about financials in like the simplest forms and we were talking about the idea of credit cards and i remember she asked everyone in the room like you know can you guys raise your hand if you have a credit card or like you know if you have one in your name and i think there was 19 of us in the room and like four of us put our hand up i think yeah um and she kind of went around i was actually i didn't have one i was one of the people with my hands down really okay okay interesting mm-hmm. so then she kind of like time. yeah yeah so she was kind of asking people why and it was very similar to kind of what you just said just more like lack of understanding and knowledge on like what they actually are and what they're used for and that they're not a bad thing they're actually like a very good thing to have um, and then she kind of went into explaining um, how like when you want to go purchase a house later you need to have this credit history you need to have those things in place or else nobody's going to lend you money to do it. Same thing with cars. Like if you ever wanted to loan or lease a car, you need to have credit history so that they can see that you're actually responsible with your money. You can make your payments on time, all of this stuff. So it was it was just very interesting because ever since I was a kid, like as soon as I turned 18, my mom got me three credit cards because she's like, you need to start building like credit in three different ways. So we got two through one bank and like one through a different bank. And she's like, you don't need to spend a lot on them. Just spend like, you know, like, you only need to spend a dollar on it. it. It reports the exact same way. It doesn't matter if you spend 10000 or $1 per month. As long as there's that history every single month, um, it's going to report back to the Bureau the same way, basically, um, for your history. So um, that was very interesting. And then as I kind of grew, like I obviously learned having more credit limit obviously increases your purchasing power and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, it was just very interesting um, that... You know, from a young age, a lot of us are taught that, like, they could be bad things instead of, like, they are actually a tool that you can use to actually, like, you know, benefit yourself five years from now when you do want to go purchase that house. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, like, I know you said you came from, like, a debit card, basically, household. So, like, what did you take away from, if you can remember, obviously, um, what did you take away from, like, hearing that four years ago? From Oh, from your mom. Well, it made a lot of sense. It made a lot of sense with her saying that you needed to actually have a lot more, a lot more credit built. That way, you were able to get access to those those better interest rates, be uh, classified as a better, as an an easier borrower, or a simpler borrower, more reliable borrower, however you want to classify it. And I think she talked a little bit about um, in, in justifying it. She talked a little bit about what makes up your credit your credit score. Um, and there's a lot more behind it than just your payments. It's 35% of it is your payment history. So basically whether or not you pay your bills on time, um, your 30% is your amount owed and it's not owed in a dollar value. It's what's called your credit utilization ratio. So if you had a thousand dollar credit card or a thousand dollar limit and it was always maxed out, you would have a 100% credit utilization which would classify you as a much riskier lender. But on the other side, if you say had a second credit card or if you had raised your limit on it and you still had a thousand dollar balance at uh, any given time, now you have a 10% credit utilization ratio. Um, I guess a, a good number that I've heard in the past is keeping it below 30, but 
with credit cards if possible you want to just keep it paid off <laughs> yeah as it's it's like i said you want to treat it like it's a credit uh, a debit card essentially uh 15 of your credit score is your credit history so it's the average length of all of your accounts hence why i'm not closing this shitty credit card that i have because it's the one that i've had the longest and i want the average length of all my accounts to be as long as possible and maybe in 5 10 15 years whatever once i've had a couple other cards that have matured then I'll look into get, getting rid of it, but for now it doesn't make sense. 10% uh, being your new credit and inquiries. So basically if you are going out and you apply for 10, 15, 20 different credit, even credit cards, even, even five, lenders look at that as you are actively trying to get more credit and they don't know what you're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. That is a, an impact on your score. It's not a long-term impact. It's a shorter term. It's more so along the lines of once you if you say you have a whole bunch of credit inquiries and then you get a plot or you get approved for a couple different a couple extra accounts and you show over a six to eight month period that you're not going to abuse the new credit I, then those the impact on your score from those diminishes i would say it's actually quicker i think i was talking to jordan about this and he got a new credit card and it like you know it hit his credit he went and checked on you know whatever app that he had and within two months it was back like you know back above where his old credit score was so it's pretty quick as long as you show that you're responsible with the money that you've like, requested to get the extra credit for yeah exactly 100 percent. and then just that last 10 percent is just your credit mix it's just the types of accounts that you have open i know one of the pieces of advice the, the number one thing i actually remembered from what your mom was saying um was the importance of having two um two revolving accounts so two two credit cards essentially that show that you could balance two different two different of the same type of account that mortgage brokers and different lenders will look for two revolving accounts to show that you can build up a balance and pay it off build it up and pay it off and have a good credit history on those two over a period of time um and you said jordan went on and checked his score i have two different apps that i use for that um, I have I like I quite like Credit Karma. Borowell is also I think, I pretty think it good. Was Credit Karma. I'm not too sure, but yeah. I think it was Credit Karma. Yeah. Yeah, I used to always just use Borowell, and it was actually Jordan that got me onto uh, Credit Karma because it's there's two different uh, types of credit score pulls. There's there's TransUnion. There's another one. Uh, Borowell is the other one, which is from when I've actually when I got a a, a hard credit check from when I was getting pre-approved for a mortgage um the transunion score on credit karma was almost exactly on but the borwell was off like by like 60 points and it was it said it was it said my score was 60 points lower than it actually was which is a good surprise <laughs> but or sorry yeah yeah said so it said the score was 60 points lower than it actually was so it was a good surprise to see it was so goddamn high but i put a lot of work into getting it to where it is yeah that's great and so you say you're applying for a mortgage. Um, do you know, so like obviously you got a pre-approval. Do you know if like you were with like an A lender, B lender, C lender, probably A or B, right? It would have been yeah. an A or B. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like basically that just comes down to your credit history. You know, like, you know, people with A lenders have good credit history. Um, it's going to have lower interest rates. B is like good good but not amazing credit history and then c is kind of more of the people who have had a very poor credit credit history will yeah be, be paying quite a bit more to purchase that house unfortunately but that comes down to yeah, your, ha your habits over a period of time right yeah yeah and even my length of credit history is, is it isn't that high but 
I've never missed payment, never done anything. So my actual score is in the very high 700s. So I was, I got a very good interest rate and a higher amount that I was approved for than I was honestly expecting, um, which was nice, which is, is going to help, which it helps because like my intention with looking at different properties is to, well, A, because I'm going to be moving in the next little bit here. Um, and I'm looking at getting something that is worth a little bit more, something that might be suited so that I can rent out one of the suites, live in the yep. other one, have yep. decreased mortgage payments and have somebody else essentially paying for part of my mortgage for me. And then if I ever move somewhere else in Edmonton or somewhere in a different city, whatever, whatever happens, um, then I would just rent out the suite that I was in and all the payments would be covered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the point. Like it's, it's going to be like a full on income property at some point. Right. Yeah. I assume like you're probably not planning to keep it for five years until you move out of it. Right. No, absolutely not. No, I, I'm going to keep this place for a, for the, the like the, the place I'm looking at, I want it to have long-term potential for me in a decent area that is a good price that I can step in and do some work to that it hasn't just had a bunch of renovations done to it because I want to A, be able to kind of do things how I want them done and B, properties that need a little bit of work, you can get better deals on. Yeah, <laughs> every time, right? The ones that people walk in and are like, oh, this is a lot of work, I don't want this. Those are the properties that are going to be typically like more devalued than than other properties, right? Exactly. And if you're willing to put some sweat sweat equity into it, typically you can really increase the value quite a bit. Yeah. Which well, is, especially since I'd be living there, right? And and that's another thing too, is since I would be, like, yes, it would be essentially an income property with one of the suites rented out, but since I would be living in the other suite, it would be still classified as a primary residence. Mm-hmm. So I would have the freedom to only put 5% down and invest other money into different strategic renovations to raise, to raise the property's value mm-hmm. and to make it more appealing for when I do go to rent it out as opposed to if I was solely looking at it from an investment and not live in perspective, I would need to put 20% down, which would leave very little, if not no money for any different renovations. And I would have to just kind of keep it as is for now. Yeah. And like, do you like with this property that you you have in mind, do you know roughly like what you're wanting to put into it to kind of make it, make it what you want it to be? That's a good question. Because then you kind of have like the whole do I actually count it as income or do I not count it as income? And like, is it a tax deduction or is it not a tax deduction? Cause then you can kind of work into that way. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I thought about it a little bit, I think from, from what I think needs to be done immediately, just obviously a, it would need to be the entire, most of the inside would need to be painted, which to hire someone to do thousands of dollars, crazy thing. I happen to know a number of people who have painting companies and I think I can get a pretty good deal on some paint to do it myself. Sure. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just like the garage and the outside of the of this place is just destroyed. Uh, not even destroyed. It just it looks like it hasn't been painted since the fifties. It looks really bad. It's but it's it's a simple paint job. It can be fixed. Other than that, the flooring isn't consistent throughout. But that's something so small it doesn't actually matter right now. That's something that I would want to do in the future though. Um, it's got a, it has a new roof, newer windows. I think the windows are four years old. The roof don't is we two, know someone so those who are does, huge uh, things. Don't we know someone who does flooring as well? Yeah, we just might. Oh, <laughs> Quite possibly, actually. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. 
So, like, when are you when are you actually looking at? Like, have you gone and seen the property? Like, do you know what like, kind of phase you're in with regards to that? Or, mm, honestly, I'm waiting to see what happens with where I'm living right now first. This, fair enough. Because Aaron's also Aaron, my cousin, is also looking at moving, um, and kind of his time frame is going to be a bit of a determining factor in my time frame mm-hmm. because if i can just keep living here for a little while aaron and i get along great obviously we're family um we've always been friends growing up we get we hang out a lot all the time we have great time and because we're family i could get a very good deal living here so if i can live here for a couple extra months or weeks or like whatever like whatever it might be just to and keep my expenses down then i can have a little bit more cash moving forward and to do work to or to pay for little bits and pieces of that property um the one place that i'm looking at right now it's attractive to me but it's not i don't see it and think i want to act on this right now yeah that's good yeah that was kind of like one of the 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 struggles i actually had purchasing this place was um, I had the money and I, and I had the credit and everything to purchase a house but I had to wait for my taxes to be filed <laughs> before I could mm-hmm. do it because like they, maybe we should bring my mom on and, and she can talk about this all but <laughs> uh, you basically need to like have a two year average of your taxes after your write offs so basically you know if you that, make that's for self employed individuals only yeah really. for self employed individuals yeah so for like my situation so um yeah, basically, so, like, the year beforehand, I didn't make quite a, quite as much, obviously, as last year. So, my mom was, like, you know, with regards to being approved for a house that, you, like, you're looking at, you're going to need to wait until you do your next tax return, because you're going to need to have that higher income. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll just go rent somewhere, you know, for a bit. But having to, like, you know, have that down payment and all the improvements and the lawyer costs and the closing costs all you know saved on top of spending you know a year's worth of rent basically um was was very difficult <laughs> so um yes. you know limiting those expenses before going out and purchasing something like a property is is like a super good move um and it's something like everybody wants to get out of their houses right like oh i just want my own house my own space but wouldn't you rather have the extra 10,000 bucks in your bank account that you could put into that new place and buy the furniture you want? Exactly. And like, you know, do all these things to the place that you like really want to. And that's something that I obviously didn't fully understand, but having to pay rent and, and pay for all these things as well as save, you know, a full down payment for a house was uh, obviously challenging. And it was a bit tighter than I, like, I kind of wanted it to be. Yeah. Well, and one thing too that's kind of holding me back a little bit is just the general housing market right now because the prices of houses are ridiculous right now but also with the bank of canada raising the interest rate by 25 base points recently and proposing i think it's five more raises over the next three years i'm also looking at it in terms of of is even is it worth waiting a year for the property value to potentially go down even though the interest rate is higher there's a lot of math behind it as well to make sure that it makes sense because even if a property is worth ten fifteen thousand dollars more or ten sorry ten fifteen thousand dollars less if you are paying more in interest 
you're going to pay more for the property over the course of the loan. Definitely. Yeah, I read an article actually this morning, funny enough, um, about the Canadian housing market and how they expect it to crash shortly here um, because of how high it is right now. Um, having those higher like purchasing numbers is making people have to have higher you know, interest rates, higher mortgage payments, and it's actually going to like d- completely detract the market because people can't afford to live in houses, you know, paying $2,000 for mortgage payments a month. Whereas mm-hmm. like a year ago, maybe they were 1400 but because all the properties are so high and people are getting so um, demo- demotivated, I guess you could call it, with always being outbid by someone else on, to- on top of obviously the extra payments that are going into it because of the increased per- purchase, um, it's actually going to like completely like tank the market apparently in the next couple months, which will be interesting to see if that actually happens or not. But uh, that might be something to obviously kind of keep your eye out for and, and see if that actually happens because that could Absolutely. be you know very beneficial for you going into a buyer's market instead of a, a seller's market. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And it's one of those things that's it's nice right now because I don't. There's no need for me to move, right? Because Aaron, he's actively looking at houses, but his pre-approval rate is locked in until the end of July. So he has until the end of July to kind of act on something and that gives me a ton of time as well right and even mm-hmm. then if i was still looking at something and i wanted to live with him in the new place for a couple months i'm sure he'd be fine with that oh, yeah. um it's not like he's moving to get me, my ass out of here he's just moving because he wants a house he wants a yard he's wanted a house for five plus years probably because he's owned this place for he's owned, he's owned this condo for 16 years he bought it when he was like 24 i think mm-hmm. so he's just done with it and what are interest rates looking like nowadays? Like, do you know what kind of interest rate he got locked in at? I'm just like curious because, like, I know what my interest rate is, um, but I, 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 don't, I don't know what the market looks like right now. Um, I have to pull up my thing. It was low twos. That's not bad. Yeah, it, he I must, think it was two point two nine. Yeah, he must have got it before the increase. I know mm-hmm. there's an increase recently, and like it's, it's like it's kind of yeah, like twenty five base points. Yeah, like mid twos or even like high twos or something. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's good. I got in at a really good time. Um, literally, my mom was saying like when I got my approval, she said literally like a day or two later, um, it like went up like 50 base points. Like that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was yours locked in at when uh, you first got your approval? 1.57. Yeah. <laughs> it's filth. that's it's that's, filthy. that's ridiculous. But the, everything has changed in the past little while, and that's the first time in how many years it's been that low. I know it's crazy. And during COVID, was nuts. I remember there was a time in the beginning of COVID when the when interest rates were at basically a percent. It was uh, nuts. Yeah, and I had I, one of my clients. Uh, his name was Richard. Richard's a big property investor in Lethbridge, and we were doing some work for him. And Richard was just frantically trying to buy anything that he could because he got locked in for 1.09 interest rate. And he was like, this is magical. This is never going to happen again. He was over the moon about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And then I remember like me and my mom had like a pretty long discussion about fixed versus variable because she knew exactly what I wanted to do with this property. So she was like, typically, you know, with people who are wanting to make it more of an income property in the future, you know, you know, variables typically a better option so that if you do decide to sell it in the future, you don't have this huge buyout basically on your interest rate. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, no, you know what? I'm just going to go in at fixed. It's it's going to be smarter for me. You know, I 
don't really see myself buying another property in the next couple of years, but obviously now that's kind of part of the plan, which is great. Things have changed. Um, but I'm really happy that I locked it in and it fixed, obviously, because if not, I pay <laughs> significantly more. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's always interesting. Like, there's so much to, like, think about, especially math-wise, money-wise. Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, it ab- absolutely. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, so, like, with regards to things like, like, for example, I, I know I talked about it, but, like, uh, with regards to your tax return this year, like, are you trying to, like, maximize your income with regards to, like, write-offs, or are you still going to write off everything as per normal? Like, like what, do you, what is your plan for that? Well, I think I don't really need to maximize my income based on the pre-approval that I got. So I think I'm, still, I'm not going to do as crazy extreme write-offs as I was originally planning to. I want it to be as legitimate as possible, uh, which, as it always has been with all of my taxes when I've done them. But I'm just going to write off the normal things that I always write off. I'm not going to do anything really crazy different about it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, because I, like, I think I talked about this before, but uh, when I did like my tax write-off to purchase this property, I basically had to write off like nothing because I needed yeah. my income like really, really high because I was just buying it by myself and I had no co-signers. So, you know, my, my yeah. rate needed to be super high. So I was just interested to see kind of what your plan was. No, absolutely. And did you end up writing off what you didn't the last year or the year after? Well, that's this year. So I will be, yeah. Yeah. Smart. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be a little bit more beneficial for you this year too, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's there's like quite a few things that I can kind of like, you know, like push into this year a little bit, like equipment. And um, I didn't write off like the rest of my computer or like the computer I bought for Celeste or like you know, a bunch of like actual working based stuff. Um, I'm going to talk to my accountant, see if there's any way I can write off part of my marketing. Cause I didn't write off any of my marketing. <laughs> see if I can mm-hmm. like, say like, Oh, like I pushed a bunch of the work into the next year. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, definitely like anything I didn't take advantage of that I can write off this year. I definitely will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, even those small things like your computer, a lot of franchisees don't understand that you can write off your computer that was something and uh, even people in in our i guess generation of student works only on only first learned that when we actually and it was vet training one year i don't know if you you were in this session it was either it was my second year or third year so it was your first or second uh we had an accountant come in and talk to us about write-offs and taxation and things like that that was my second year yeah so i was in the vet room i remember her Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, I, and that's, uh, it opened people's eyes a lot to what you actually can and cannot write off because, and even just how it works as well, because so many people, they hear the word write off and they think, oh, I'm, if I'm writing off a $10 computer, let's say, I get $10 back on your taxes. No, not actually even kind of close. It <laughs> deducts $10 off of your taxable income is how it would work. Yeah. Yeah. To lower your taxable income. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like just having like a really good understanding of things is important, right? It's, uh, it's good to know actually how things work instead of your assumption on how things work. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was actually very knowledgeable. I actually learned a lot from that. She talk. was, yeah. Yeah. It was like little things, but I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know I could write that off. Oh, I thought I could write that off. I can't. Okay, good to know. <laughs> or also, like, you know, it'd be, you know, sitting here waiting for an audit. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, when she let everyone in the room that we couldn't write off uh, drinks, <laughs> everyone in the room was a little sad. Oh, that's entertainment. I don't know. Ex- yeah, sure. <laughs> the odd one. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. What else has been up with you re- recently? How's your last week been? Uh, it's been pretty busy. Just, I got really caught up on everything, put a lot of time into my people, the business, everything to make sure that it's in as good of a standing as it can be going into production. Um, I have a couple people that I want to put some extra work in with, so I've put some time into them very much recently, out marketing with them, chatting with them a lot more on the phone, and trying to kind of light more of a fire underneath of them. And I really know that those people are capable of doing, they're capable of being my best rookies, 100%. But they just need to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I went marketing with one of, with both of them last night because um, they were in, they were close by areas. So I spent some time with one and popped over and spent some time with the other and want them to make some changes. And then I'm going to go out with, again, with them both again next week to see what kind of changes they've made and spend more time with each of them again. Um, but when we were the second guy when we were finishing or when i when we were finishing marketing there was a i went a different direction and i went to go meet up with a franchisee and when i walk around the corner there was a, a guy wearing a backpack talking to the franchisee and i just was like you know what whatever i'm gonna let this happen i'm gonna keep doing my thing over here and then I walked on the corner again and they were still talking. So I walk over thinking, okay, this is this has been long enough. <laughs> Let's get going here. And as I walk up, the backpack guy looks at me and goes, oh, trouble's here. Who are you? <laughs> Francis, he goes, this is my district manager. And <laughs> the guy with the backpack goes, oh, big boss. You guys want to see something crazy? Franchise, he looks at me with concern in his eyes. I look back at Backpack Man and say, yes, I do. And of course. <laughs> he, he takes his backpack off, opens it up, cracks a uh, Miller High Life, and starts chugging it on the sidewalk and goes, you guys ever seen someone do that before? I was like, sorry, s- seen someone do what? And he goes, we're in public. This is illegal. The neighbors call the cops on me for this every now and again. And it was just, it was such an interesting interaction. It was, it was like at the end of the night, we were just about to go home and I saw, and we ended up talking to this guy for 25, 30 minutes. We got a lead for his full interior and full exterior out of it. I want to preface that as well. Um, And it was, it was really funny. He was standing there. He's like, boys, I got an idea for you. You need to send out flyers to people. <laughs> I was like, oh, what kind of flyers? That's a good idea. He goes, they need to go through the mail. I'm like, oh, like what would you put on the flyer? He goes, your company logo. I'm like, how about a picture of the franchisee and like a write-up? And maybe even if someone has the flyer, a 10% off offer at the, at the estimate. He goes, that's fucking brilliant. As he's screaming on the side of the road, as he's chugging his beer. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's crazy. He goes, do you know how much that costs? I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> a few cents per flyer. Just, I, like, I was, it's 11.9 or 12.9 or something cents per flyer. Uh, whatever it is through Canada Post this year. Um, cents to send out. And he's like, isn't that cheap? I was like, yeah, it is. It's crazy that we do this. Thank you. Um, <laughs> 
I love that. That's funny. Yeah, and it, I don't know. It was just an interesting guy. And then both that 25-minute interaction, he had six beers. Oh. He tried, he oh, tried no. giving me He tried giving me a lot. I said no every time. So we were on the si- a sidewalk in the middle of a older neighborhood. He tried giving a lot to the franchisee. Franchisee says no, obviously. To which Backpack Man looks at the franchisee, points at him and says... I'm looking in your eyes right now, and I can tell. And then he, backpack guy points at me, and he goes, that if that idiot wasn't here, you'd be drunk with me right now on the side of the road. You know what? You're right, backpack guy. You're right. <laughs> right? That's exactly what It was just such we a do. weird interaction. The whole time was just wild. But anyway, that's uh, one of my bigger, <laughs> bigger points of excitement for the week so far. Jeez, How about you? That's so funny. I love that. Um... Nothing for me, really. Uh, only, like, interesting thing is I uh, I was cold calling last night, and I had this, like, really long talk with this guy for, for a cold call. Like, not quite as long as that guy, obviously, but probably, like, a 10-minute cho- uh, chat with him. And he had, like, a probably one of the smallest bungalows I've ever seen. It, it, it probably wasn't even 10 feet. It was so small. And uh, he was questioning me on prep and products and, you know, all these things, and it was going super well. And then he's like, and like, how do you plan to paint this house? I was like, with ladders and brushes and rollers. Like, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. he's like ladders. It's like, yeah, like it's a short house. This is really easy. We do houses way more difficult than this. Uh, you know, 25, 30 feet houses. And he's like, and you don't use scaffolding. <laughs> I was like, You've got to be kidding me. No, we don't use scaffolding. I was like, we could just use like a six foot a frame and get the whole house. Like no problem. Yeah, (laughs) and he's like well that makes me feel really uncomfortable like I was like oh well like it it, you know it shouldn't we have like a huge portfolio of previous projects that we've worked on we have full you know workers compensation if anyone ever got hurt you know we have full coverage for it but like I would never like want my guys to do something that was unsafe so like you know if if there's something that needed scaffolding we're going to use scaffolding but like just looking around your house it's extremely low it's literally perfectly flat ground there's nothing difficult to get to. Like this is a very easy project for us. And he's like, "Well, you know, give me your flyer. I'm gonna look you up online. Um, you know, I don't believe that you guys don't use scaffolding. Um, I think it's really dangerous to be on ladders." And I was like, "Oh, like, well, like, why do you feel that way?" And he was like, "Well, I mean, like, scaffolding's you know literally built to do this kind of thing." And I was like, well, "So, so are ladders. Like, that's, that's mm-hmm. the purpose of a ladder is to get to higher portions." Um, yeah. It, it was just like crazy like he was talking he was was basically like making it seem like we um don't really give a shit about our workers and that like we're we're doing things unsafely and i was like you know like your house is nine feet tall so i don't know what we're talking about here but (laughs) you know if if you want to spend like two thousand dollars for scaffolding for us to use it on your house for the week that's your choice like we will use it like i'm not i'm not opposed to it but like why would you spend that extra money when like we could just use like a a ladder that we already have you know so that that was exactly well it just comes down to a lack of understanding and exposure to it too right because even i've had a number of clients ask if uh the if i've have um ticketed painters Mm. who went to trade school for painting and that hasn't been a thing for decades but yeah, it's just this misconception that so many painters are all ticketed and they all use scaffolding. 
And those are two of the most annoying things to deal with because typically the people who are adamant on scaffolding and having a ticket to paint are will not budge. You can convince them sometimes, but it's difficult. Definitely, yeah. And like, I've had people ask that as well, as well as like, are your painters all bondable? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> no, like we don't have bondable insurance coverage, but like they're not going to steal anything from you. <laughs> like we have insurance coverage and we have workers' compensation, but like, if you're worried that like we're going to steal something, just be home with us. Like, <laughs> and and like yeah. I, I've lost jobs because we're not like you know air quote bondable, but like I've never heard of that for like a painting company before. So like it's just it's very interesting. No, it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so, yeah, some people make some, some, some weird accusations and have some strange questions. But, yeah, outside of that, nothing nothing crazy. Definitely not like a you know drunk guy chugging beers on the sidewalk um, on a Wednesday evening kind of night. But um, definitely an interesting <laughs> interaction for sure. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, yeah, we, absolutely. That's probably a good place to end it off. we got to hop on a Zoom here for, for our company Zooms shortly, hey? yes sir cool well that was an awesome discussion um lots of lots of cool topics so um great chat and uh we will uh, chat again next week we're going to leave you today the same way that we leave you every episode we hope you have a good morning good afternoon and good evening and we will see you again on the next episode of the edge podcast for more of our content follow us on instagram at the edge pod If you found value in this episode, please remember to rate, subscribe, and share as it allows us to organically grow our following. 